The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to adapt and scale your business to be recession-proof. Joining us is Eric Huberman, who is the founder and CEO of Hawk Media. Hawk Media is a full-service marketing consultancy, which acts as an outsourced CMO for their clients in growing businesses of all sizes and industries on month-to-month contracts. So far this week, Eric and I have talked about his strategies for building a recession-proof business how you should grow your business through search and social and which you should be using, whether you're in or outside of a recession. And today we're going to talk a little bit about how agencies can help you adapt for the future. Okay, here's the last part of my conversation with Eric Huberman, founder and CEO of Hawk Media. Eric, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. I don't really want it to end, the last one. You can always come back, man. (laughs) But we have you here now and, and we're going to talk about you know, your bread and butter, the ways that you should be using agencies. And I think that this is an important thing to think about. I think most brands said, I need to start cutting, there's a recession, and they asked their agencies, right move, wrong move. I'll say I usually hate agencies. That's why I started my own. So (laughs) I truly believe, and this is kind of in my pitch, but I think 99% of agencies out there have no idea what they're doing. So I don't know if they're going to help you recession or not. And if you had a good agency, cutting them was a really dumb decision because that's the part that might have saved your company in a lot of ways. And we'll obviously get into that. But I think it starts with making sure you pick a good agency. And then from there, cutting it was the last thing you should do because the reason an agency is valuable above everything else is that outside perspective when things are changing rapidly to be the view of the forest from the trees and actually help you navigate what's going on because they're seeing way more than you are. So let's talk a little bit about what makes a good agency and who you should be hiring in the first place before we talk about retaining or axing them. What makes a good agency in your mind? First off, let's define agencies. There's agencies that are good for all different things. There's creative agencies, there's marketing agencies, there's performance agencies, but let's assume what you want to do is grow your business. So one of my favorite things to see, I see it all the time, is when somebody hires an agency that's been around for 20 years, has 10 employees, has never grown, and they're going to be their growth partner. And it's like the idea is boutique, which when I was first starting out, I made every pitch I could to say like, well, we're small and nimble and getting started. But if you've been around for many years and you're telling other people you can grow their companies, but you can't grow your own, it seems a little off. 
So number one is you got to find a company that has taken a company like yours and gotten it to where you want to be, let's say in two years. So have they actually been through the journey you're trying to take? Because that's the idea. They should be guiding you. You don't want them learning on your dime. And I say this contrary to what I would have pitched six years ago when I was trying to just get into business. But just to be real, I learned on other people's dimes a lot of ways. It's not... I had built and sold two of my own e-commerce companies. So I like already had a lot of knowledge around it. You still learn from the experience of working on other people's companies. I get what you're saying. Correct. And what happens is a lot of people hire agencies that are run and built by people that have never grown a business, never will grow a business. And I mean, really grow and never have been to where you're trying to go. And by nature, we'll never get you there. So the first and easiest thing to check is like, have they taken a company like yours and gotten it to where you want to be? Because if they haven't, and it, again, like, I'm not saying it's exactly the same, because hopefully you're not just replicating someone else, but at least done some similar work that you feel confident they can do it for you too. That's the easiest checkbox to have. And it's important to see that they've done it. And the more times they've done it, the better. That's number one. And that's a checkbox I see almost no one go through, which is why there's so many tiny little agencies all over the place. There's 25,000 digital agencies in the US, the average of which has seven employees. So pretty confident most of them are not very good. So you're looking at agencies that have experience growing brands similar to yours. They've also been able to have some success growing their business. I feel like part of finding a right agency is you find people that are motivated to work on your account and also have the functional area expertise to work on the campaigns and strategies that you want. Yeah. And that's the easy part. I mean, they should be an agency that's built to do the things you need with the kind of company you are. That's definitely the basics. The nuances and more the former, which is making sure they've actually done it well before. And they're hungry. A lot of the times you get, you know, agencies who are taking on your business because it's money in the door and not that they actually care about your business and building a relationship and a partnership is very important when you're going to be working with an agency. They are not just a service provider. They should be a part of your business. Yeah. And the culture fit is hypercritical, I think, in terms of that. Like you have to make sure that the way they communicate, the type of people they are do mesh with you as well. So most people are probably looking for their agencies during peacetime to grow their business. Are there any signs that your agency is doing a good job, a bad job, any metrics that you look at to evaluate whether your agency is living up to expectations? It's going to be hard to measure them. Like I had this asked to me by a private equity fund recently. How do you know that you're not going to get better performance from another agency at any given point? It's like being married and saying, like, could I have a better marriage with someone else? At some point, you have to commit and go for it. And then you don't want to compare it. You just want to judge, like, is this working? You don't want to say, could I do better with others? Because the grass is always greener. And the switching cost risk and the flipping cost risk is significant if it's working. And I've watched this. We had a client a year ago raise a ton of money and decide to fire us and take it in-house. And literally, they're like, we're spending more money in-house. You guys are doing great, but we just feel better about doing it ourselves. And a year later, they're pretty much out of business. And they went from 3 to $130 million in revenue and then just fucking off a cliff. And it's frustrating if you can't tell because they tried to fix something that wasn't broken. So if your agency is doing a good job and you feel like you're aligned and the company's doing well, you should be happy with that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't always be optimizing and tweaking with them and trying to improve, but it should be a collaborative effort. If they're not doing well, then yes, totally can look at switching and trying something different. So talk to me about what you do when times get tough, when your business starts to suffer, when there's, like we said, sort of a macro effect, a recession that's hitting. When should you cut your agency? When shouldn't you? How do you figure out whether you should incur that cost or not? It really comes down to, again, what your infrastructure is, what type of business you have. But I'm biased, but I'm biased for a reason. 
I think that building a full marketing team in-house for a company is a wasted effort. You're not going to be able to attract the talent I can most of the time. You're not going to be able to have the partnerships I do with all the platforms. I have a full-time team at Google, Facebook, Klaviyo, etc. Like you can't get the support I can get. You don't have the purview I do. Like building it in-house, I will beat you every time head-to-head in a marketing competition. Like it's just not possible. Now, building some capabilities in-house because there's nuance to your business that I can't get as an agency is super important too, but it's that balance that's critical. So for companies that go hyper overhead driven and build tons of in-house teams, they're going to struggle in a recession. But for someone that uses agencies to complement a core in-house team, agencies are nimble. We're easy to drop certain services, ebb and flow your budgets, et cetera, depending on what needs are. That's how we're built and we built our business that way. So depending on the agency you're working with, if they're built similarly, you should have a lot more flexibility with an agency. So when things are ebbing and flowing, you can ramp up and down a lot faster with an agency than you could with an in-house team. So we talked in our first episode about building a recession-proof business. And there are some operators who said, you know what? Times are getting tough. I'm going to fire my whole marketing staff. It was a reaction for most businesses, right? They're just trying to cut costs or they just didn't have a lean team. You're suggesting that you can reach out to your agency and adjust the working relationships when times get tough. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How does that conversation go? How do you say I want to pay less for the same services or adjust what our agreement looks like? Well, for us, our margins aren't big enough to pay less for the same service. If your agency says yes to that, and it's not like a short term, we're just going to help you out thing. That's a bad sign already. They're charging you too much. But it's less about same service. It's actually let's drop some services right now. Let's pull back the budgets. If that's what your company needs to do. As I said, in the other episode, you shouldn't be pulling back on marketing, you should just be reallocating the more urgent. But if your business is in a place, if you're Expedia, they probably had to lay off a ton of in house, they cut, I think it was two and a half or three and a half billion dollars in marketing. A lot of people lost their jobs at Expedia and an agency, I would guess. I don't know it for a fact, but I would guess that. And if it was all agency, it frankly becomes less Expedia's problem. 
the traditional large agencies don't do this well. They don't mitigate risk on large clients. That's kind of one of their biggest chinks in their armor. But like our business, a person works on multiple accounts. So if we lose a client or have to pull back on individual clients, we're usually able to replace that business in other ways and find ways to ebb and flow that it doesn't just crush a whole team if we lose one client. And so because of that, we built our company to withstand this kind of ebb and flow so that we can be a good partner. And when a client needs to slow things down a little bit, which a lot did during this, we're able to withstand that and still be a good partner. So I understand your point about you having a different perspective and different access to some of the partners and the marketing resources. Talk to me about how agencies like yours can help businesses adapt during a recession. How do they think about the future, but also plan for right now? And this is a great example. What happened during this? We looked every day at the stats of our clients and what was going on. And we were like, oh, wow, things are spiking online. They're not declining. And we were talking to our clients. I'm like, I'm not talking about diapers and Purell. I mean, houseplants and lingerie and bicycles and all these random categories are absolutely skyrocketing right now because people are looking to spend their money in other places. Consumer spending barely declined during this, but nobody spent on travel or leisure. All that money went into consumer spending on products, which are a lot of our clients. So we were able to see that really quickly and tell the clients that would listen, which thankfully were most of them, this is an opportunity. Advertising costs are down 30%, which again, something we know that they might not know because we see it across the board. Advertising costs are down 30%. Consumer behavior is skyrocketing. You got to double down. And the companies that listen to us, I think the average e-commerce client of ours that stuck with us in April doubled their revenue. I got to ask, did people buy more lingerie during the coronavirus? Yeah, 100%. That's And by the way, <laughs> swimwear. We had two bikini companies that had their record months in April which baffled me because nobody was allowed to go to the beach. But, you know, it's the outfit to wear on TikTok. So they crushed it. And whether it's anticipatory or TikTok or whatever it was, people wanted to shop. I even see there's a meme going around right now that's like me on my fifth bikini purchase of the quarantine. Like it's actually like a funny thing now, three months later that girls are talking about that like they're all bikini shopping because the hell else are we doing? And by the way, the people that lost their jobs for the most part during this, and this is us actually starting to make sense of the data, most of the jobs lost were blue-collar jobs and minimum wage jobs. Most, not all. So most white-collar workers, which are the discretionary spenders, the people that have digital jobs, office jobs, corporate jobs, kept their jobs or just working at home. So they have the same income. They feel at least a pretty solid. There was a little bit of consumer sentiment decline, but not huge. And they saw the quick layoffs and then nothing happened. So their people were feeling good. Then the PPP, then the stimulus, then $1,200 goes in your account. And then those unemployed people that generally make minimum wage are now making $1,100 a week off unemployment. Cash went crazy. Savings accounts are at a 30-year high right now. So knowing all this, People don't hold on to their money. They spend it. Like that is just, we're consumers. We're raised to be. So that is what happened here. And again, we saw the data of that happening within a week. We saw that happening. Now, CNBC published yesterday that e-commerce grew 97% the past quarter. Like, cool. We knew that three months ago because of our purview into the business and the agency business. So that when you're an individual company going, do I pull back? Do I double down? Is this something everyone else is seeing? We can actually bring that view to them. Say, hey, no, you're doing well. Incredible answer to did people buy more lingerie during the coronavirus. Yeah. And by the way, it makes sense. You're stuck at home with your significant other. You got to do something. I think it's the opposite. You're stuck at home with your significant other. Do you really need to dress it up? But let's get back to marketing. Okay. Sorry, everyone. I know. Hey, look, we're just working professionals here. Maybe we're all getting a little bored working from home. <laughs> I think the key word here is adaptation. When you think about how agencies can help you 
the world is changing. User behavior is changing. The amount people can spend, how people think about spending is changing. Why are agencies better equipped to help you understand that data than trying to do it in-house? The answer to that really comes down again to aggregate data. We're going to see the answers quicker because we're doing it with so many different companies that we're going to know what's nuance and what's a microcosm of a result and what's actual data, what's measurable data and what's statistically significant too. So what we can see, you know, like one of the anticipations I had that didn't happen through this was that everyone's spending was going to decline. So everyone's customer was going to move up a level of economic position, so to speak. So if you're targeting middle class, now you're going to have to target upper middle class. If you're targeting lower class, you're going to have to bump up to lower middle class. Like whatever your target is, they're going to be making less money. So I'm going to do it again with all the stimulus that didn't happen. But that's one example of a hypothesis we had that we waited to see. And then we saw, nope, the socioeconomic level of someone didn't change during this. And we didn't have to change the customer profile based on that. So it's things like that that we can test against because we have 500 clients. We're watching what's happening across 500 brands actively and go, nope, that didn't happen. So we don't need to change yours either. I think at the end of the day, obviously your agency relationship is important to you and they are there to help you by not only providing extra horsepower, but also by providing you with insights of what's happening across brands. And it gets us into the question of, should I be working with a boutique agency, with a large agency, finding that fit? Now that we're starting to bounce out of the coronavirus, I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully you can hear it. Hopefully everybody is recovering and and the economy is going to recover as well. How do you see brands working with their agencies? Are agencies going to be all hired back? Is there going to be consolidation? Just what does life look like for the marketing agencies? I think the agencies that are struggling now are going to struggle for a while because the problem is once the company makes a decision to fire their marketing agency, thankfully, we talked about this a lot with our clients, like they hired us for a reason. We're making them money. We're driving them business. And during a time like now, you're going to lose some business. You're going to lose some customers. And so it was our job to find new customers for them, for that help them adapt, to help them move quickly through this and to do well. And we were able to do that. The companies that fired us or the companies that fired their agency, they're going to have a long recovery because they've lost a lot of ground. On top of the fact there was a recession, they also pulled back on their marketing, which was originally driving revenue. So now the combination of that is probably going to be pretty hard for them. So they're probably not coming back for a while, most companies, because they're going to hurt even more than the company you were able to keep. So relying on returning business as an agency would probably be ill-advised, even though some will. We've seen it. Some have come back. Some really did own up to that, but a lot didn't because a lot of them hurt themselves more than even the recession did. And in fairness, your agency's special. You're working on month-to-month contracts. You have a different relationship. And so people can leave and come back and there's less risk than having a large retainer. That said, Eric, it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast. I'm excited to have you back on the show. I appreciate your time. And it's been two years. It's good to see that despite recessions and everything that's happened, you're still doing well and Hawk is growing successfully. Thank you. Great being here, man. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks again to Eric Huberman, the founder and CEO of Hawk Media for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Eric, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Eric Huberman. It's E-R-I-K-H-U-B-E-R-M-A-N. Or you can visit his company's website, which is Hawk Media, H-A-W-K-E, media.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.